This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, D hoping for some Mexican magic from Portales. And Goodwin adds championship toughness to Tangerine. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duthie. And podcasting alongside me today are Graham Finnan. Hello, everyone. And because there's no one decent here, Ewan Smith. Back off the subs bench for a second consecutive week. <laughs> That's a bit harsh. That's a bit harsh. True, but harsh. I, I know. It's, <laughs> I mean, I always used to say about football, my best position was unused <laughs> sub. And, and so far as podcasts go, unless unless we need to start, Ewan. Well, I'm a used sub. I've been, I've been, I've been taken off. The, oh, I've come off the bench. I'm a super. I'm a better than me. I'm a super sub. That's what I'm. Right, let's get down to business. And what business it's been at Dens? Hola, muchachos. That's Spanish. <laughs> that, what does that mean? That's Spanish. <laughs> the sound of Mexican beer. They speak, I saw that. They speak Spanish. I saw that. That was. Oh, you know something I know about Mexican Spanish? It sounds very different to Spanish Spanish. Is it? I've been in areas of, I've never been to Mexico, but I've been in areas of America with a big Mexican population. And it always struck me, listening to them, it's sort of like how we would speak it. It's much like, ah, it's like Dundee Spanish. It's quite, it's quite right. harsh. It's not, you know, Spanish can be that sort of lispy, wispy language when you hear a Spaniard speaking it. The Mexicans are sort of like, ah, <laughs> it's more guttural, I think is the word you would use. Well, so there you go. Anybody, ah. anybody watching or listening today has found out something completely new. And the man in question is Antonio Portales. He paused briefly to read. <laughs> Tony Doherty says he's an old school defender. And have you watched these I have. YouTube? I, have. <laughs> I would say assassin. Uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> That's that's the only thing we know about him. I was kept right under the radar by Almost Dundee. I've got, got to, to see. the top yeah. division. What, yeah. What's his club? Atlante or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Lost I, the playoffs. Rarely. Right, right out of the blue for Dundee because they'd been signing a few yeah. a few of their old players had re-signed obviously and they'd had one or two others that had come in uh, from closer to home. But this one they kept really hush hush, and so it was a real surprise when when it was announced and. I'm glad they had a video of him just to show, you know, what he's made of. And uh, I think Dundee fans will have taken an instant liking oh, to him, Tom. Cool. Yeah. Good, and I saw the fact he's it's quite exotic. And I was, I was going, woo. Yeah. I was quite excited. It was like yeah. a wee boy at Christmas. Yeah, yeah. But he looks like a, a typical old-fashioned defender. My worry is that the clips that they showed... You wonder how many of them are going to pass the VAR scrutiny next season. <laughs> We're already thinking about, oh, oh, well, maybe that's a bit rush, that one. But uh, no, I think Dundee were certainly needing another defender. The one because Ryan Sweeney's off the pastures new. I still think they're probably a wee bit light, you know. Yeah, in that department. <clears throat> but you knew, you do need to toughen up for the for the Premiership and. He certainly looks as though he's going to bring that, and if he brings that wholeheartedness, and, and, and you know, you've got to be, you've got to be aggressive in football. He's got to be controlled aggression. Yes. If, you're, if you've not got it under control, then you'll find himself more often than not. You know. To be fair, Bear, only half of the tackles I watched on YouTube, the recipient bounced. Yeah. Some of them they just yeah. fell to the ground in agony. <laughs> a few of them were able to go off the park without using a stretcher. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting signing for Dundee and brings a bit of the exotic to Danes, as you just touched on. It's, it's always exciting if you, the, you when you get someone from yeah. abroad. And it's, I think it's, 
Is it only the second Mexican ever to come to Scottish football? Is it really? Yeah. Oh, like you that. brought me. Who was the first one? Celtic had a Mexican player. Did, didn't yeah. they? That's yeah. right. Uh-huh. Do you remember his name? No, I'll put you on the spot there. No, <laughs> I, d- I don't. But I actually remember he was quite good, and he played. It's quite a number of international caps. Yeah. I know that. I know that Antonio doesn't have any international caps, but I noticed that his dad believes he'll he'll get international caps. I, I was going to say you mentioned Celtic had a fullback, and and according to the Evening Telegraph. Uh, Portales will be the third Mexican for because for about two years I, I remember saying this boy was Mexican and he was Puerto Rican or something like that. <laughs> I got it in my head he was a Mexican and he wasn't. Yeah, but, but it's a wee bit. His dad likes him. Yeah, yes, so yes, so yeah, his dad likes him. Yeah, I, I did find that quite entertaining actually. I mean, if anybody's going to tip him for international football, I hope it's, it's going to be his family members, isn't it? It's going mm-hmm. to be his mum or dad that are going to say, Well, I think he's good enough to play. He's 27, though, so I mean, he is getting on good in age. terms of a good age. Yeah, a good age. Experience. I mean, he's but getting on in ter- football, terms yeah. of international if he's not yet been recognised. However, that's not yeah. beyond the realms of possibility. I, had, I mean, I don't know the, the full story, but I'd heard that he hasn't been outside of Mexico. No, he hasn't. At all. So that's, I mean, it's a big step, you've got to say, mm-hmm. going from Mexico to Scotland. So, um, all right. yeah, I'll be interested to see how he settles in. Hopefully, you know, he does well because Dundee, obviously, and it's, it's getting in the distant past now, Tom, when you think back to the Benetti era, yeah. when they were bringing in lots of South American yeah. players in, yeah. and they were all loved, every every one of them, some, some more than others. But I, I brought, a, you know, a real sort of... Uh, you know, I don't know what uh, an exotic flavour to dance. Excitement. You know, excitement. I think uh, it was. You know, and so I'll, I'll raise the excitement levels for the start of the season, and you know, hopefully he, he can pop, perform on the park. That's the most important thing, isn't it? Well, I did he, for once look up his stats, and mm-hmm. he started at Monterey, mm-hmm. big big Mexican mm-hmm. club. Apart from a few appearances there, he's been a a regular at a couple of clubs in the Mexican second division. And what we'd say before anyone turns up their nose at that, Mexico is a massive country and it is football mad. Mm-hmm. Football yeah. is the sport in Mexico. And if he's a regular in teams at the top end of their second tier, you would think he's a decent player. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the question is, will he be able to adapt to European and in particular Scottish football? Yeah, uh, and as you've seen, you've seen the clips. Obviously, he, he looks like he is isn't want to hold back. Um, I'm sure Tony Doherty will have. Will have a, I'm, I'm well drilled about what what is acceptable and what what isn't mm-hmm. acceptable in Scottish football. But um, I don't need a bit of, bit of hardness in their in their team. Yeah. Tom, I mean, when they came up the last time, I felt there would be a bit of lightweight, a, a bit soft at certain times, a bit naive at certain times. So hopefully, he can he can bring all that to to the to the game and. Um, Maybe, maybe we were looking. We're talking about sort of him. Mexico is massive. We're we going to start seeing some some of the kids in Mexico starting to wear Dundee tops over there. Did they start getting a bit interested, or are we taking it a bit too far? I'll guess it. No. no. Well, <laughs> well, do you know? Right. Okay. We're not going to see that. But I, I, that's an interesting point yeah. you make about the interest in Mexico because I did. I quite often look at these quote tweets yeah. when a club tweets out a signing and, mm-hmm. and to see what supporters are saying about it. And the first twelve quote tweets I read were all from Mexicans. Mm-hmm. So there's obviously some interest yeah. in Mexico. It might, but of course, he might have a large family. And yeah. we've already, <laughs> we've already deduced the fact that his dad's very uh, keen and very passionate about his career. So he might have a large family. But however, it was interesting to note there is obviously but some interest from, from you in there. Yeah. I think I'll probably, you know what, you will, we might not see many Dundee tops in Mexico, but I'll probably go the other way when Dundee ran out for the first game of the season. We're going to see 
people behind in the Bobby Cox stand with the sombreros on. Tom and you know a few Mexican, Mexican colours, yeah, green tops, absolutely, and it, adds, it brings something different to, to, to the entire Scottish game as well, you know. So there yeah. will be some attention. There, there is always wherever wherever you go from outside of mm-hmm. Europe into Europe, you always get attention back home. Because yeah. let's face it, I mean they're not to know the reality of Scottish football, yeah. but, but in general, Europe is the number one mm-hmm. continent for football. Yeah. Um, Saudi, the Saudi Arabians have had ah, to yeah. change that big time mm-hmm. this summer. But it's it is, and, and there, there will be, I mean, people back in Mexico, probably fans of his last club, will sort of go, oh, he's away to Europe. Yeah. And I think one of the things from the club that he, because he seems to be in a fixture and a very popular player, mm-hmm. it's easier to sell to Europe because people immediately understand why a player would want to go to Europe. Mm-hmm. So from, from their point of view, they'll probably have made quite a big thing about it as well. And uh, uh, I think it's great. It's, it's an great interesting one. Uh, you just wonder, what is the... Uh, it'll be good to hear him talk for the first time. I don't know what his English is like if we'll need an interpreter or... And the fact he hasn't been out of Mexico, they might need an interpreter mm-hmm. to, to, to get his interviews across. But, and you know, it'll be interesting to see how the... the the connection, how the actual transfer came about, what was the link, who made contact, yeah, you yeah. know, who recommended him, and 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 who took it on. Tony Docker is obviously, uh, I, I doubt he hasn't seen him in the flesh. He's just, he's just seen him on 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 videos and things like that, and 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 been recommended, and, he, and he's gone on on that sort of hunch. But uh, that's what that's what you have to do sometimes. I must admit, on the point of where did that unearth him. It crossed my mind almost immediately. This could be the end of a great friendship between Tony Doherty and Derek McInnes. Hell <laughs> might be going. Wait a minute. Ah, uh, there might be something. <laughs> like that, yeah. I told you to look at these videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wonder about that sometimes, but yeah, you've got to move fast. You've got to move fast to get the match sometimes. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting signing, but a good signing for for Dundee. Something fresh, and uh, hopefully there'll be a few more before the season starts. And and before we move on from Mister Portales. Although he isn't an international player, here's a question for you. Might he want November the 2nd off? Why? Oh, well, you and Luxury no. knows what the answer to that uh, one is. It, is that not a day of celebration in Mexico? Is dia, it, dia, the, the day of dia, the dead. The day of the dead, yeah. Is dia <laughs> de los muertes. To give it a huge, huge holiday in Mexico. Day of the dead. That's You've been doing far too much research this no, week. I saw it in a James Bond <laughs> film there. <laughs> no, that's the thing with the skulls and everything like yeah. that. It looks quite ah, scary. Right, okay. It's actually a big happy festival where you remember friends and relatives that are no longer here. Mm-hmm. But it's a huge it's a huge thing that started in Mexico in the past. But it's a huge national holiday there. Chance to get drunk on tequila. Obviously. Which can't be a bad thing. That might be the next thing that comes up at Dens in the in the pie store and that, you know, tequila slammer at <laughs> half time. That would go down well, I would imagine. Said Bear ignoring the law. <laughs> Suppose if as long as you can't see the pitch, it's okay. Well, <laughs> and after a couple of tequilas, doesn't matter where you are, you'll be able to see the pitch. Well, they did have that gin festival, didn't they, last yeah, week? Yeah. Which I thought was quite a, yeah. an imaginative idea, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, for a few years now. Yeah, I think it does quite well. Yeah. I think it does quite well, yeah. But uh, yeah, but I mean, maybe not in the pie stores, but in the lounges, you know, in the plush lounges behind uh, the main stand, there might be a few tequila bottles of tequila going around. Bottle of Corona. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Slice it. Well, here's, here's another fact about Mexico that I know, and after this is exhausted. Do you know how you always get a wee slice of lemon or lime mm-hmm. in your Mexican beer? Yep. And everybody here, you're like, oh, do you squeeze it in or do you not? You know why that's in there? 
I don't know. Originally, to stop flies going in the Was bottle. It? Yeah, that's yeah. the only reason. Yeah. And, and they're ten a penny. These fruits over there. That is the and that's absolutely true. The only reason they put so why they put them here inside a pub in the middle of winter. Who knows. Well, it's just dawned on me. I'm actually going to Mexico on holiday next month, and all this chat's just putting me right in the mood for it. It's not a chat about uh, it's not a chat about Portales or Antonio Portales. This is a chat about Corona and tequila that's putting me in the mood for it. It's just got a, wee, got a wee job for you when you know it's just on, don't Oh me. no, no, I'm, not, be, I'm not doing be, any wee jobs. You'll be hiring a second-hand car, and oh, it's, just, it's the next city over, yeah. but it is Mexico. Yeah. Two-day drive through the <laughs> desert. Across the desert. <laughs> Have a nice trip. Thank you. But moving on, instead of Dundee, we're talking about Portales will maybe become an international player. Two guys who are doing well at that level, albeit under 21, Josh Mulligan and Lyle Cameron have both had a, had a taste for the under 21s. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's, it's great. I mean, there's a continuation. Um, Cameron's put himself right in the spotlight with what he did. You know, um, in, in the final six months of, of last season, Mulligan has been, a, a, I think, a regular in, in amongst the, the under twenty one squad. He must be getting to, to the point where he's, he's he's going beyond that now, Tom. Age wise, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it's all born before. Yeah, and you carry on through competitions. Yeah, end of campaign. Yeah, yeah. usually campaigns, when you yeah. get to the finals, they're all 22, 23 yeah. almost. Yeah, but you know what? For a long time. <laughs> Dundee didn't have any international recognition at all, so it's good to see that, um, you know, two of their two of their homegrown stars are now ch- chopping at the door, and it will encourage others, you know, to go down this, the, the same path. And it's well deserved for what they've done in the last season. And the great thing is they're both still at Dens for the next two years, which we've spoken about on previous podcasts with them signing new deals. Because had Dundee stayed in the Championship, you and I doubt yeah. much of there's yeah. still been Dundee yeah. players, but. No, it's a feather in their cap. It's good recognition for the club. It's good recognition for the academy, for the work they've put in over the years. And there's one or two others there as well, I think. you know, I mean, I remember seeing Josh Mulligan quite a few years ago under James McPake. And he just he got on the part, but he just was not ready. You mm-hmm. could see that. Same with El Cameron. Going on, I remember going on against Dunfermline, got thrown in at the deep end of East End Park when Dundee were... Dundee were Actually, I think two nothing down at one point. I think James McPake just, you know, just lost the plot with the team that was on the part, the team that he'd put out, and Cameron was thrown on, and he was like, you know, a rabbit in the headlights effect. But he was just so slight, and he, you know, that night the, you looked at him and he's there's no way he's near mm-hmm. ready for this this sort of level of football. But there you are, you know, you move on eighteen months, and suddenly, suddenly with a bit of perseverance, a bit of coaching, a, a few loan spells. You're now getting the benefit of two players who could play at the top end of Scottish football and, and maybe even even further. That's why you, you shouldn't be too quick to judge young players when they come into a team that all develop at different rates, some some quicker, or some develop quickly and then don't quite achieve what you think, Tom. And I think that could be something because too much expectation is, is, is placed mm-hmm. on their heads. But, you know, guys like Mulligan and Cameron have, have gone out, have done the hard yards and have, and have continued to develop. And that's what they've got to do now to, to, to take it on They've got to. They've got to continue to develop. They've not got. This, their careers can't afford to stall. And yeah, they, yeah, hopefully they can. They can show what they've got in the Premier League. Um, and if they do move on, Dundee will benefit from that financially. But yeah, that's great news to see any any international recognition for your club. And in, in fairness, I, I I shared your view with James McPake at the time. Mm-hmm. I often thought he introduced lads. Yeah. A touch too early, but a great credit has to go to McPake. 
for the number of them that yep. he produced because he was youth mm-hmm. coach. Also, at, looking back, he maybe knew the ones that could handle it. Mm-hmm. I, just the other week, I was different sport, but I was watching a documentary about the 1980 Wimbledon final, Borg McEnroe. Mm-hmm. And McEnroe said, after four sets, I thought I was going to win. After a couple of games of the fifth set, I knew what I had to do next time I played him <laughs> to beat him. Because yeah. he said he was just, in terms of fitness and yeah. you know preparedness, he was just a mile ahead of him. And sometimes, like maybe those games yeah. were great for Mulligan and Cameron. Mm-hmm. Just... And credit, I'll give McPake credit here on a on a guess. Maybe he knew they could handle it mentally, but it was going to show them mm-hmm. what they needed to do to get to the level of a first-team player. And, 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 and it's maybe been a great thing for their development. The other thing I think, uh, you and about the under-21s, way back in the 80s when I first started full-time on sport, if the Scotland under-21 squad was short of a player for a position you could almost bet your life Dundee under Archie Knox and Jockey Scott United under Jim McLean Aberdeen in the post uh, Fergie days as it was at that time when I started whoever was the manager of the Scotland under 21 team would be putting calls into them saying if you got a player that can do now they often knew these these boys were never going to graduate to full international level but they needed a player for a position. And because of their, the youth systems at these clubs at that time, they knew that at the very least they'd have a boy that knew the mm-hmm. position. He mm-hmm. might not be quite good enough, but they had nobody else, so they went. And in fairness to Dundee and United, they're back to that, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And, I, and yeah. I don't include yeah. uh, Mulligan or Cameron in that won't be good enough because they've both no. got great mm-hmm. chances. But that's it's always a sign that if you're a Scotland manager now at that any level and you're a wee bit short, you know yeah. that if you go to Dens or Tannadice, you'll get young players who are being properly taught the position they're playing. And yeah. that's great credit to both yeah, clubs. Yeah. It's, it's great for the player as well. I mean, you get anything yeah. on your CV with yeah. any international cup, wherever you go in your career, it's always mentioned. Stand you in good stead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll stand you in good stead. Might open a few doors for you and give you further opportunities. But yeah, I think I think you're right to credit James McPake because he. He had great faith in the young lads at Dens. He Den- he was behind the scenes for all these years when he, he was trying to rehabilitate himself, and then obviously could could go no further in that aspect. And, and you know, sadly had to give the game up. But he yeah. knew them. He saw them all coming through as teenagers and worked with them and had real faith in them. And that's that's been borne out in so many of them coming through and, and doing so well. And you know, I'll, I'll board well for Dunfermline, I think as well. Yeah. Like there'll the, be opportunities for the kids over there as well. So. Um, yeah, he deserves credit in that one, but uh, there's no higher honour than playing for your country. So these guys can, can they've got it on their CV now. Hopefully, they can take it on. Right, it's probably why he's surprised to me that he's been allowed to do it. But I totally understand it. But he signed Sam Fisher, who mm-hmm. he's yeah. already had on loan at Dunfermline yeah. for the first half of last season. Yeah, um, I'm I'm really disappointed to see Sam Sam go, but I can understand the reasoning yeah. behind it and Sam's thinking behind it as well. Uh, I think when you look at the contract, a three-year deal, there's not many clubs handing no. out three-year contracts in the championship. He's a real, real top prospect. I think his his, his chances at Dens m- may have been limited, and that's yeah. the big problem he's got. And I've just uh-huh. spoken about that, what players have got to yeah. do when they've, they've got to take it on. You, you can't afford to stall. You can't afford to spend the season 
on the bench, you're far better getting out there and playing games. And fair play to Sam Fisher. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it would have been easy for him to sit back. It probably There would have been a contract on that table at Des. Oh, it probably yeah. would have been similar uh, to the, the two-year deals that, that Mulligan and, and uh, Cameron have just signed. But he's he's thinking, you know, f- and in terms of his career, I think this is a great move for him because he will be a mainstay of that Dunfermline team next season and, and he can go out and show that he is the player that I think he, he can become. And hopefully... I mean, we've not heard much of this, but hopefully Dundee have got some sort of sell-on clause in there, I'd like to think. I don't yeah, know, so. but some sort of percentage because I think he's not another lad that could go much further in the game. That's going to depend on whether he was out of contract or not. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah it is. So, of course. But, I, I think however, there, there, there will be a development fee. There is a development fee. I think so, you're absolutely spot on with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So they will be don't due that. Yeah. So these development fees depend on what yeah. league you're going and what yeah. country you're yeah. going and stuff like that. So I don't think it'll be huge. I think maybe in fairness to Tony Docher, he's maybe not tried harder to keep him simply because he, we've mentioned two of them, but mm. there's four or five young yeah. players. There's only so many young yeah. players that you're going to be able to use. And just in terms of first team experience at Dundee or even at championship level, Sam Fisher's obviously through no fault of his own a wee bit behind. Mm. So it, mm. it's, it's maybe a case of what, what often... Uh, Accused isn't quite the right word, but we often highlight the fact that managers put their own club first, their own job first, which is totally understandable. But maybe this is a case where Dundee have said, well, give the lad a chance. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's better. I mean, you've got to look at it from the player's perspective as well. He's going to play for a manager who showed faith in him last season yeah. when he had him on loan and a manager that he's known from being at Dundee as well. So that can be a, a massive mm-hmm. pull. So mm-hmm. when he's weighing up his options and he's looking at it and thinking, well, I could, I could stay here and play for a manager I don't really know. Um, and, and try and try and force my way onto the side, or I could go somewhere where I know I'm going to start and I'm going to be playing for a manager I already. No, I can I can understand it mm-hmm. from a perspective, but you're right. At that age, it's quite a mature decision to make. I think so because he's, he's deciding that he's going to step effectively step down a level, um, but he's got faith in his own career. I suppose that he that that that's the best for him to get regular football and potentially go to a club that will have ambitions of going up again. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here knowingly nodding, going, yes, I think yeah. he's... Very, I'm, yeah. I'm in my sixth decade. I've still never achieved maturity. <laughs> Have you noticed we're 22 <laughs> minutes in this podcast and I've still not mentioned that word yet? Go on, say it. No, I'll wait Did for Did Arbroath want him, Ewan? Is that what you're <laughs> saying? You're that, yeah. I've not mentioned that yet. <laughs> <laughs> the, I mean, the other thing about Fisher, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if it's Sam Fisher or Declan Rice. If you've got a player who really wants to go, what do you do? Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. And I remember seeing Sam Fisher when he, before he, he he went out on on loan to Dunfermline, and um, that might be Jim James McPake must have still been the manager at Dents and gave gave him like so many others an opportunity mm-hmm. he, come off the bench late in one game, and he put a tackle and the, the guy was going up the wing and he'd come across from the central area in defence and put a, a robust challenge in, shall we say. And he celebrated, you know, he took the player, took the ball, the ball went to the party, he celebrated like he scored the goal. And I thought, I like that lad. Yeah. I like him, you know, that because mm-hmm. that's what defenders should, yeah. that's what it's all about. You've got to be able to defend first and first and foremost and, and take great pleasure and, you know, getting your challenges in. It's, and and that's right enough, it's celebrate clean sheets as much as a goal. When it comes to the crunch, that challenge could be a last-ditch challenge just to win you the three points. So, yeah, I've, I've liked him for a while. I think he's got great potential and I hope he goes on and does well. I think he's somebody we'll hear more of, and we need to maybe need to remind ourselves now to remind ourselves later that when he's playing for Scotland, we'll yeah. say, no, Dundee did do the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. And let, and let yeah. the laddie go, but he's yeah. one. Of, he's one of those that 
could come back to haunt the club in the sense that, oh, well, why did, why did we let him It's go? another one of these ones that had Dundee remained in the Championship. Yeah. yeah. They probably would have kept him. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He might have been a regular starter yeah. in the Championship. Yeah. That's the flip side, That's isn't it? And don't forget, Gary Brewer brought him. I mean, everybody basically forgotten him because mm-hmm. he's, he's, yeah. his time was minimal. Gary Brewer, Brewer bought him brought him back mm-hmm. in January and yeah. days later and started him he was the first team, the team in a big game. I can't he, remember who it was. He was, right, he was right in the team. I think he went, uh, he, 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 I'm not sure he went straight in the centre half. He might have went at right back. I think Cammy Kerr might have had a wee problem. I or, think it was right back. Cammy Kerr had gone over to left uh-huh. back for Josh Mulligan. But he never he never put a foot wrong. And as the season wore on, he was, he was taken out and, and struggled to get back in. There were a few senior pros in there and they were doing particularly well. And it was... Really tough. I'm sure if he had been thrown in, he would have done a, a, a decent job. Um, but yeah, as good as he's somebody that, that's willing to make make the move, as I said, it would have been simple for a simple move for him to stay with what he knows. Um, stay at Dens with, with a few of his pals who are already here and 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 t- try and get you know into the first team that way. But he's looking at the bigger picture for his own career. I think is a good move for him. Aye, we're, we're speaking about we were speaking earlier about Cameron and. And, and Mulligan, you know, find out what's required at first team level. One of the one of the concerns, and I think clubs are right to loan players, young players, to lower division clubs to get them first team experience. But once once boys have played men's football, yeah, they don't want to go back to the youth team or the the Mickey Mouse Reserve League that that, that exists just now because it's a, just a totally different environment, isn't it? Yeah, they've been there and, and done that. You're right enough, they don't want to go back to it. And, and what happens is a happy Sam Fisher coming back to Dens and he's upbeat suddenly becomes a discontented yeah. Sam Fisher because he's not getting the opportunity in first-team football and he is finding himself. And that's not good for the football club as well, I've got to say. So I think this is probably a win-win situation for everybody. And before we move across the road, International football's coming back to Dens next um, month. And makes me wonder what the women have done to annoy <laughs> the SFA because no, that's nothing against women's football or Dundee, but the SFA have not been a big f- fan of Dens Park down the years. But next next month there's a friendly against Northern Ireland, Friday the mm-hmm. 14th of July. Free to members of the Tartan Army. You I'm going. Be no, going. but I'm actually, I'm genuinely, I'm going. I was, I, the, my, my son Jackson's really hot on the emails and the news and he got the email notification saying it was free and he came rushing in and he said, can we go to that game? I'm going to the game. I'm ah. quite happy to go. 12 quid to the rest of us, Bear. Hopefully it'll yeah. be on TV. Is it on then? TV? <laughs> <laughs> I think it will be on TV. Well, we'll get it on our fire stick. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's great. It's, it's, again, it's... Any international games coming to the city is, is fantastic. I don't think we see enough of them in this area. Tartan, to be perfectly honest, and Dens has been starved of them yeah. for a, for quite a while. For, it's never for, been a popular, yeah. and it, 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 it struggled in the past couple of years. Hopefully, the, yeah. new, the new surface, which Dundee might yeah. not be, although they're honoured to have an international, yeah. Dundee might be like, well, we've just laid the new yeah. pitch. Yeah. We don't want an extra game. Well, yeah. any surface is going to be better than the one we saw at Hamden the other night. So. Anything's Aye. an upgrade, isn't it? So. Aye, but don't I mean Dens used to be yeah. for, for decades. Dens was one of the best surfaces yeah, in the country, are. and they just didn't yeah. want to come. They have had issues in the last few seasons with, with drainage and areas of the park that never ever used to have issues mm-hmm. with drainage, and you saw that affected the, the growth and uh, it took them forever. Dens was always like every park you and as, as you go into the winter period, starts getting caught yeah. up a little bit. But Dens was very quickly back to scratch in, in February, you know, and, and, and looking really good, but. 
I mean, last season was really tough sometimes watching, you know, some of the guys trying to play football on it. But hopefully they've got to the bottom of it. And the bigger, the bigger thing is that there's a, a women's international coming. I think we should, mm-hmm. you know, that's yeah. a, women's football is really, really taking off. And I think it's, you know, there's a lot of support for it in the city. I think Dundee are keen. Dundee are keen to, uh, you know, get their own team up and running. Dundee United have got their team up and running in, in, in the top flight, you know. So, uh, yeah, hopefully it'll be well supported on the night. And we should actually, sorry, we should actually say. Now I, I don't want to cast a dampener here with my usual pessimism. I do have my doubts about a late call off, but technically you're going to get the chance to see Caroline Weir of mm. Real Madrid, and she is a special, special yeah. player mm-hmm. at any level, yeah. except scores for fun for Real Madrid. Yeah, I mean there's a, there are a few Scottish players that, that, have, that have really, you know. At the big time, shall we see? You've got Rachel Corsi playing for Aston Villa down south mm-hmm. as well, and mm-hmm. there's a few others mm-hmm. that, have, that have done really well. And you know, I think it just it should encourage the girls that that are, that are, that are playing now and are, are maybe just starting off on their careers. You know, have you? I think there is a pathway now. Before there was no pathway whatsoever. I think, but have you have you stick in and you know listen to your coaches, you know, and, and do the, the hard work that is required. The rewards, could, uh, women's football, there's more and more finance going into mm-hmm. it year after year after year. The rewards will be there for you if you can get to the very top of the tree. Um, obviously, in Scotland, we're a wee bit behind the curve, but getting international games like this, certainly, uh, you know, in, in Dundee should, should lift, lift the support for it in the area. I think also the SFA need a bit of credit here mm-hmm. for, I mean, you pointed out with the ticketing, the marketing, to, to give that as, as a benefit as your membership. I mean, I think we spend something like £55 a year or a campaign for Mm. our membership, but to give that as a benefit is a good thing for the members, first of all, but it also will encourage a bigger attendance. And and the bigger the attendance, the bigger the crowd, the bigger the attention on the game, the the more the profile's raised. So hopefully there'll be a decent crowd. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not joking aside, 12 quid's not... I mean, a tenner would be better if you... Simpler if you ask me, but... Twelve quid is not a, not an expensive no, price for a, no, an international. It's a very cheap price for an international absolute, game. Absolutely, not, not at all. And um, you know, it should be a nice evening in the, the middle of July. Um, hopefully, the, the climate will be good. Hopefully, the, the pitch will be good. And uh, I've got to say, any time I've watched women's football, I mean, I sometimes feel the quality is is a, is a bit behind at times in certain areas. I mean, there is a massive gulf. I've got to say this. The way I see women's football at this point in time, you've got five or six women's international teams right at the very top of the tree who are very good. And the gap is is, is quite big as as you go further down the tree. And and that's why you see so many results. You know, the seven nothings, the the eight nothings. Yeah, Yeah, because so far ahead. Because of the gap. Although we've seen that in men's football this week, England Mm. thumped Macedonia, you know, gives seven. So we shouldn't be too surprised, I suppose. But uh, um, yeah, but I've always been entertained. It's like maybe Mm -hmm. we, but like the championship in in, in Scotland. Well, last season, the majority of games on the Friday night, the, the quality wasn't always there, but the entertainment value was certainly there. And I think you get that in women's football as well. I mean, to, to, to stereotype for a moment, and the, the, what a complaint I still have about women's football because it, I think in the last decade or maybe five years, it's regressed a bit. Too many small goalkeepers again. Now, f- that's always the joke about women's football. You know, you can chip the goalkeeper when she's on the line. But the example I use, go and look at American basketball. It is not a coincidence that these guys and the women mm-hmm. in basketball in America are all well over six foot. 
It's because to go out and look for people yeah. that size at a young age. It's not. It's not just about spotting talent. The f- I mean, they, do, the they, even, they even do yeah. X-rays and, and scans to try to judge the growth. And they say to kids, "You're tall. Go and try basketball." Yeah. And I, I and and America's an example as well. America's had a string of six-foot goalkeepers in their women's football team, and I don't see why there's there isn't a a reason in my mind that the, that the SFA and, and other associations they should actually be going out looking at girls and approaching their teens and in their teens and saying, "Have you fancy you fancied being playing football? You could be a defender. You could yeah. be a and and, and that's a different, get, certainly a different uh, way to look at it, isn't it? But it is, a, it is yeah. actually a fact in other sports where height is a factor mm. that actually actively look for people. And if you've never played the sport before, that's no barrier to them saying, well, you want to give it a try and we'll see how good you are. Yeah. And I, honestly, I, th- I think it, it is an issue because... It certainly helps if you can touch a crossbar. I remember, I remember when I first started playing football and I was in the goal and it was, it was way back and it was the Dundee Sunday Boys Leagues and it was under 11s. And that was, that was the earliest you started, but I was a wee bit younger. But you played in, on big pitches and in big goals, and you know, you just oh, never got done. near the crowd. And I wasn't until I was about 15, 16 that I was actually able to actually get up and you know actually swipe swipe the crossbar. And then obviously you grow and you, it becomes becomes a lot easier. So you, yeah, you can see how tough I, it can I, be. I made a story just just to illustrate. I'm not I'm not being stereotypical no, no. typical or sexist. Way back in the fifties. My, my late great friend and the very great Dick Donnelly, we yeah. all know Dick went on to have a good career yeah. in the Lord Divisions as a goalkeeper, but he was the Dundee schoolboys goalkeeper, a United fan. Dundee, Dundee were short of a goalie for a reserve game, so they went, oh, we'll take the schoolboys goalie. And, and Dick turned up at Dead's and went, Mr, I can't touch the crossbar. <laughs> and he said, literally, the opposition looked at him, and though he was on the line, and yeah. they got they got to be 7-0. They yeah, were chipping him when he was yeah. on the line, and he was like, I was too wee. Yeah. I was too wee, and these professionals were too good. They were like, <laughs> just kick it yeah. over him. And so it's, it's one of these things you need. But you see it, you do see it in, in, in the women's game, don't you? I mean, you see it continually. You know, crosses effectively crosses into the box going mm-hmm. over the top of goalkeepers, and they just can't get up and to to touch it. So you're but right. the top teams, like yep. like the Americans, the, the 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 Scandinavians, the Dutch, all have big defenders, mm-hmm. all have decent sized goalkeepers, and and you're not telling me that they some of them at least they didn't say Do you want to try football because you you look like a centre half, you look mm-hmm. like a goalkeeper. And to me, it's it's an obvious thing to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're trying to attract more and more girls to play. Anyway, so what, yeah. what's the harm in yeah, targeting tall people? Absolutely. It's coming in from a completely I, different angle. It's, Normally it's, you start off and go, I want to be a stick, uh-huh. I want to be a goalkeeper. And then you develop into goal. But you're saying, go and look at the but, physical yeah, aspects. You, you could, you could be. We'll develop other sports we'll say, develop you. Look, yeah. You look right for our sport. Yeah. Come and do it. Anyway, it's time to move on. Do you like a true crime podcast, Bear? I do, especially if it's local. What if I told you about a podcast that tells the story of a massive cocaine smuggling operation involving a man from Blair Gowdy who did a deal with the Cali cartel to import £100 million of uncut cocaine to Scotland? I'm listening. Hunting Mr. X is DC Thompson's first true crime podcast that reveals the unbelievable story behind Julian Chisholm, 
who also became known as Mr X. It's got a prison break, an assassination plot, undercover surveillance, the lot. Where can I listen to this? Hunting Mr X is available on all your major podcasting platforms from Spotify to Apple. Subscribe now. Right, you and to be obtuse. Is this Jim Goodwin's John Wayne Summer? I don't have the first <laughs> idea what you're talking about. He's gone for true grit in his first two signings. Oh, boom, boom, I'm oh here dear, all week. Oh dear. Right, well, I thought of that before it came in. Yeah, you did think of that. You did think of that. Well, I suppose we made a point. Now, it's too great. I mean, the first two signings are quite telling. You're, we do always say your first signing in the close season is almost setting a template for what you're looking for, isn't it? And, and your first signing as a manager is setting a template for what you're looking at. And and sometimes I, I know of this as a fact that sometimes clubs will have signed two or three players at the same time and they will intentionally put out the one that they want to to show showcase mm -hmm. as, as a style. So, so very first signing coming in, um, Ross Doherty, ex-Party Thistle captain, very strong leader, very, very good, experienced championship player um, who will run all day. He scored a few goals last season. He, wor he worked in a very, very good Party Thistle side that, as we know, suffered heartbreak in the playoffs. I think that's a fantastic first signing. Um, I watched his interview and he spoke in length about how they need a team of leaders. It can't just be one leader on the pitch. They need a team of leaders. And I think he's got hit the nail on the head with that. And that's very much as we spoke last week. It's, he's a Jim Goodman style player. So the Jim Goodman we saw playing football. I was he's going to say, you call him Goodman, first of all. How did, what is Jim, I'm glad Jim Goodman, whoever he is, likes him. <laughs> does Jim Goodman like him too? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I did, I did say that. I, I was hoping you wouldn't notice that or it would be edited out. Um, I, the only mistakes I don't notice are mine. And oh. there's many of them. <laughs> okay. Um, and then we've got we've obviously got Liam Grimshaw as well, who uh, signed yesterday. And he looks mean. Let's say he looks mean in his photographs. Um, and I think that's the style that Dundee United are going for, aren't they? They, they want players to look mean. They want players to look like they're going to be hard out in the pitch. They're going to be tough to shrug off the ball. They're going to go in hard on tackles. Um, because it was a criticism that was levelled quite mm -hmm. regularly towards that Dun United team last season that they lacked a dog in the midfield. Let's to quote mm -hmm. to quote Jim Goodwin, they, they lacked a dog in the midfield. They lacked somebody to, to go and fight the ball. They lacked a Jando Fuchs with the energy in the bits. They lacked a Callum Butcher style player. Um, and clearly, they have signed two players that have got the ability to do that. I know that Grimshaw can can play either in defence or in midfield. I know that last season he won two Player of the Year awards at, at Morton and played every single game for them last season. Um, he's played over 100 games for Motherwell. Um, he started at Manchester United, came through the ranks there, didn't feature for Manchester United. So he's got a little bit of a pedigree. And also, interestingly enough, I noticed this morning he's got a blog, which is quite an interesting blog. Um, it's a, it's a step away from football. He's writing about no, holiday. Can he, can he not afford the vlog? No, he's, he's, he's still not upgraded to a vlog. <laughs> he's on a vlog. But it's interesting. I mean, he's talking about holiday. That's you last week. I'm down with the kids now. He's quite a good writer. He's quite a good writer. He's good at writing. So, 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 they've now, so, so Dundee me. United have now got somebody that's an expert on a blog and they've now got a vlog as well with Tony Watts so the two of them can team up together. So, um, But yeah, no. Can they play? Well, I don't know about that aspect yet. They'll, they'll be quite good on the, the media aspect now, though. Um, but no, I think I think these are two good, very good signings. Um, and I think again, it almost it almost uh, sings back to what we were saying last week. They need players that can help them get out of the championship. 
Now, would they be players that they would have made their first two signs had they been going for top four in the Premiership? I'm not sure they would be. They might be, but they do need to sign players that are that know the league, that are going to fight, that are going to scrap for the ball, are going to be up to the challenge. And I think it's a, a very positive start by Jim Goodwin. And he's he's done what he put on the tin <laughs> to paraphrase an advertising slogan. Bear. He said he mm -hmm. needed that type of player. I mean, it strikes me, not necessarily in defence of the players already there. You could you could label United last season in some ways a soft team. Mm -hmm. Individually, I would not say that about the players in terms of their attitude, but it was yeah. all down to the style, and that was the flaw in mm -hmm. the squad. They were a foot, footballing squad almost entirely. You need you need the sort of Scott Brown style of player in there as well, and I think that's what they lacked, and maybe that's what he's added with these two, who can no question they can play a bit. Mm -hmm. But when, when you need guys in the trenches, they're, they're the ones that will step up first. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Ross Dockery. I don't know so much about William Grimshaw, although I know, he, I know him as a player. Um, I, I've, I've noticed Ross Dockery a bit more throughout <laughs> yeah. his career. And uh, Ewan's right. You know, he, he is the sort of player that you need in, in that division. He is a leader. I think he's a bit of a narc on the park. He won't let players rest. He's a bit of a Paul McGowan type, different type of player, but that sort of mm -hmm. attitude in a game. You know, if somebody's not keeping the standards up, he, he won't be slow to let them know about it. He's always on the referee's case as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and just just a good all-round signing for, for Dundee United. Obviously, Grimshaw is very important. You, you made a good point there, Ewan, about the fact that he, uh, he, he played most games last season. I think with the squad United they're going to have, yeah. it's important that they'll have most of them fit and ready to go. And, and you know, they've got a good history of, of playing games. They're, they're going to need that as well. And the type of signings, we spoke about it last week, <clears throat> And Jim Goodwin had already spoken about the, what he's going to do, and he's done that straight away. You know, two guys for the league they're in effectively. You know, and I think the good thing is as well. I spoke about this last week. What type of players can United expect to get? What type? Of, I know the, the the ones the fans might want, mm -hmm. but realistically, what type of player can United expect to get at this point in time in the transfer window? And I still believe that these two guys. Will see this as a step up in their careers coming yeah, to a definitely. club like Dungeon, yeah. and that's a great place to be. That's a great place to be. That you're not going to get a player coming and going. Well, you've got two guys in the yeah. dressing room who are on a high yeah. because they've signed for a bigger yeah. club. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. So that, that's a that's a good thing as well. Like you know, they'll they'll feel they've, they've obviously got something to prove to the fans when when they get there, even though they have played a lot of games in the in the division. And well, well, signing them is good for Dungeon United. It also weakens two of the opposition teams in that league. Yeah, that's you a know, good that, point, there's no that. doubt about that as, yeah, as well. Yeah, I was thinking that too. So he's got a couple of uh, a couple of players over the line. I'm sure there will be more. I think we might find one or two coming really late in the window. There's a lot of things going to happen at Dundee United over the next three or four weeks. Yeah. I, I would think in terms of comings and goings. But um, no, nah, Jim Goodwin will be pleased to get a couple of players and a couple of good players at that. I think you're right about the comings and goings. Mm. I think that was the first thing I thought when I saw those players. Mm. It might be the case that some players that are still at the club mm. might now move on. Yep. Um, so, mm -hmm. so uh, yeah, there will be comings and goings. But, yeah, I, I, I would anticipate Dunyanita probably going to, and this is just off the top of my head, four to five more players potentially would would come in. And then I'm not, I don't know how many would, would go out, but I, I would anticipate there's going to be for him to make a real impact and put a real imprint on his side, he's probably going to need that amount of players to come in and, and change things about. And he needs, he needs the freshness. Uh, you know, the, the, the club will still be, you know, as, as I've spoken about, there was a cloud hanging over Tardis, which had to be lifted. And you do that by bringing in 
freshness. Uh, and it's difficult for Jim Goodwin because he has got a lot of players under contract, a lot of players under big contract there. Uh, how, how does he change things around? But he just has to find a way to do that. And this is the start. This is the start of it. I'm, I'm not sure done you need back training yet. You know, um, Thursday they were due back today. Due back yeah, today. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, he'll be wanting the whole atmosphere. Last season is over. They're now look, looking ahead, so he'll be wanting that lift, and they can do that with a lot of fresh faces as well. Ah, it's good to it's good to have a couple of boys in for the first day of mm-hmm. the season because just just the fact that they're getting introduced to everybody and yeah. And, and speaking to guys who've maybe played against or played with in the past, it gives the place a wee bit of a buzz. Also, you get your business done, start getting your business done early. And everyone's got a limited budget these days. It's maybe worth, if you can get business done early, come the end of the transfer window, you might be left with enough mm. for a, uh, another sign-in. And simply, simply because the later you go, and it's not just about transfer fees, if guys, it is professional sport. If guys know you really need them and time's running out before the end of the transfer window, mm. they'll ask for more money. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's that's exactly it. And I can still see that happening at Tana. That you see, I've the, seen the, it happen. The, the, I, I, yeah. I know one, I won't name names, but I can remember one Dundee United signing in particular in my time where we were invited up to meet him and his agent found out we'd been invited up and we're sitting there for two hours because the agent said to United oh that's the press here you don't want to know sign him now yeah. another hundred quid a week <laughs> no, he had United over a barrel yeah yeah I'm sure these things I think Jim McLean had, a, had him over know. more than a barrel once <laughs> it was done yeah I, I can imagine but I can see that happening at Tannies but Jim was chairman at the time I more ask. so by players who, who may hang off to leave. That's that's yeah. the issue Jim Goodwin is going to have. I'm sure he'd like to get a few of them out the door now, so he, it would, it would, he would have an idea how much more in his budget he will have to spend. But it may be the case it will be in August before uh, some players some players move on. Um, but I the, the other side, to move away from the monetary side, is guys that are there, because a lot of players realise it's a limited career in terms of time, when they see the replacements being signed, they want to go somewhere else rather than sit about yeah. for the next 11 months. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't understand players. I mean, you, well, that's I do understand why players want to sit about town because they're sitting getting... If they're on good money and they've got they're mortgages on, to pay. They're, they're on, exactly. And, and, and it's not them that had the contract thrust under their uh-huh. nose. They've signed yeah. the contract and uh-huh. they've got to honour that contract. That's 100%. That, that's, that's exactly the way football works. Um, but it doesn't help Jim Goodwin at this point in time in terms of building a new squad for next season because that's what he needs to do. That's two in... You're right, you and I think he needs half a dozen, yeah, half yeah. a dozen of those type players. And there might be a few others in that division that he's he, he's eyeing up as well at this point in time. You know, there, there are a few guys that are out of contract. Um, well, who you two watched the championship all last year? Who who would well, you go for if you to, had be, to, check to be honest, he's missed out and one that signed for Ross County yesterday. Kyle Turner would have been a stuck on yeah. for me. Oh, I'd, but I'd but he could, were wanting him as well. Uh, well, well, I, I thought he might even arrive in the city, even across the road. To be honest, with you, mm-hmm. Dundee, yeah. but but. Um, Kyle Turner would have been, for me would have been yeah, ideal, and he would have been ideal alongside yeah, he, Ross Docherty. He, he was mentioned at a few clubs. I'm just wondering if it's just what we've spoken about just a second ago, where the agent has gone, how much, 
how much, yeah, how yeah. much, and ultimately has been mm. Ross County who have said we'll pay that. Yeah, and that'll do for me because it's a long way up to Dingwall from 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 Glasgow. Yeah. You know, yeah, so, it's quite plausible that yeah. either or both of the Dundee teams had an interest yeah. in Kyle Turner because he would have been the type of player who yeah. would have added to yeah. both midfield. So. Yeah, I certainly think it. You know, I'm I'm still to be convinced by Kyle Turner. At, you know, at the top level, I think he still has to to prove it himself that he could play at that sort of level, and, and hopefully he, c- he can do that next season. He's got an opportunity to do that. But uh, so you've heard it here first. Who's not signing yeah. for Dundee United? That was not the. No, qu- you're like a pair of politicians. Oh, that was hmm. not the question. Yeah, the I question mean, was, who would you go for? Oh, I mean, I mean, as Kevin Holt still available? I mean, he was. He's he was he's, he's freed. He's yeah. well, he's well, he's he's not freed. He's turned down a contract with um, Patrick Fussell. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, that'd be an interesting one. If, if, if I, I don't know, I don't know if Kevin's Jim Goodwin type of player, Kevin. Is a good player and he's played at the Premier League level mm-hmm. and, and done well at left back and he is a big lad yeah. as well. But he, he's not really a, an aggressive, he's not, he's not, that he's, aggressive that nature, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah so a lo- lovely lad and a lovely footballer. Yeah. To be fair, he moved into central defence for Thistle and did it. Yeah, I must, I must admit, I don't want, I don't want to sort of start a rumour or, or, or <laughs> add, to, add to a rumour. It did cross my mind, given his age and given that thing that he's not the hardest player in the world. The fact. The fact that he's turned down a contract with Partick made me worry more for Partick. That, it, yeah. that made me think that he had something big lined up. Yeah. Well, I think Partick has got real financial yeah. issues. Yeah, uh, I think I think they do. I think a new bear would sort of yeah. fire up the rumor. Yeah, it's. <laughs> uh, I think it's, it's tough for for them because they were within a whisker of being a Premier League yeah, 20 yeah. Minutes team. Away. You know and. You know, and, and, and I feel for Chris Doolan because he did a good job. And mm-hmm. it's like they have signed a couple of players. I see the guy Aaron Muirhead signed to it. I think he's, he's a, good a player, decent, yeah. decent defender. Um, but can they really do it again? Can they really compete again? He, and uh, I wouldn't bet against, against Chris Doolan because I think he gets the best out of players, and that's what you've got to do sometimes. You, you've got to play with the hands you're dealt with effectively. And he, he, he did really well last season, but it must be tough to see all these players who, who got them so close now. But that's always the case. The vultures will will strike. Uh, yeah, and I go back to his professional sport. Uh, uh, on a personal level, I feel for Patrick Thistle, but on a on a level of wanting Dundee United to do what I'm yeah. tipping them to do and run away with that championship, the weaker they are, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Because yeah. that is one of those grounds mm-hmm. I've mentioned Dunfermline uh, and 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 Greenock uh, for Morton in the past, but Firhill's another ground where it's hard to go. Oh. Twice Absolutely. And, and, and take full points or even avoid a defeat. And that's what that's what Jim Goodwin touched on when he when he spoke last week. We've got to have guys who can go to Gayfield and, and get a result. Yeah. You know, in the yeah. in the conditions. We've got to have guys who can go up to Inverness in midweek and get a result in the conditions. And that that really is what it's all about. But last season, you know, there wasn't wasn't many teams that were able to do that on a consistent basis. Nope. And that's why you could have thrown a tablecloth over, you know, or, or a tea Until t- Dundee raced a, a, away a in the final yeah, 45 yeah, minutes. Over <laughs> half a dozen of the teams, yeah. <laughs> it, was really, it was really sort of too close to call. And I don't think Dundee United will want to get involved in that sort of thing. But, yeah, going back to, to, to Grimshaw, you know, and, and, and uh, Ross Doherty, good signings, another couple required. And then we'll see who is going to be playing. I mean, there will be players who will remain at Tannadice yeah. and it'll be up to Jim Goodman to make sure the quality is there. He's got to get the attitude right with these guys and, and if you can do that with, you know, a couple more additions, the quality that you know, Dungeon will have will be better than anything else in that division, Tam. And it should just be a case yeah. of 
you know, getting them playing week in, week out, and, and they should have enough to get themselves over the line. There could be players um, that have come in from the cold storage. That, that yeah. They weren't fancied under the three managers they had last season. Yeah. They suddenly come into the, the yeah. reckoning. They've definitely got quality players and quality young mm -hmm. players as well in, in, in that squad that, that could come in and make a, a difference. So Yeah, um, and, get, and going back to what you said about Ross Doherty talking about leaders, just that, that point he made about the style of the squad wasn't a battling squad. Having said that, you often find if you've got one or two battlers in your squad or in your team who are leaders, the others do follow. Mm -hmm. These mm -hmm. guys that are silky players, you suddenly see them rolling up their sleeves, proverbially, <laughs> whatever <laughs> the word is, and and joining the fight. And and that's that. I mean, to me, Doherty and uh, Grimshaw, that's what they can bring us if, if they can influence those around mm -hmm. them in that way mm -hmm. and then you get and, and I think United fans for all I'm tipping them you know to win this league reasonably comfortably it's back to the thing that you always say win your home games if you're winning your home games a point at Farhill a point at Morton yeah. a point in Inverness they're good points you're, you're talking about leaders there I'll go back to that but the point about leadership it doesn't necessarily fall that you have to be a hard man to be a leader no, no. Um, you can be a leader on the park by doing other things in the park but yeah obviously 100% commitment is one of the, the things that you're looking for I'm thinking at the top of my head I spoke about young players I'm thinking Archie Mikkelsen comes to mind right now Archie's not really had that regular run of games in that side under any of the managers but I look at him as a player and I think he's got leadership qualities because when he, whenever he was thrown onto the pitch see Mackay Fotheringham I would say that as well when he was thrown you could see that he was given absolutely everything he got and he cared about it mm -hmm. Um I spoke to him quite a lot when I was at Dundee United and he's a very articulate, very deep thinking footballer as well that cares deeply about the game. I think this could be an opportunity for the likes of Archie Mikkelsen to come in, particularly in the Championship as well, take a regular game and show that he's got leadership qualities in a different sense because he's not a hard man. He's not somebody that's going to go in and go in and put a, two, a studded tackle in or, or, or barge somebody off the ball or anything like that. But he is somebody that's going to show leadership by going and giving that 100% commitment. And I think Kai Fotheringham, again, when he came in towards the end of the last season, he showed some leadership qualities because he was willing to take the ball, he was willing to take chances, and he was and he wasn't hiding in games. And I think that's an aspect as well. So I think there's probably leaders within mm. their group of a different sense, and we can't they can't have eleven hard men. Yeah, I mean the other yeah. edge, of, sorry, the other end of the age scale, Stephen Fletcher. Stephen Fletcher 100%. might not put a tackle yeah. in over ninety minutes, but he'll put his head in where it hurts. Yeah. He'll press defenders when they've got the ball. He'll give a hundred percent every single game, and that that encourages people mm -hmm. to do their jobs. And if their jobs putting tackles in and blocks in and stuff like that, they do it. And I, I think I, I think Stephen Fletcher will be invaluable uh, to United as long as he's there. I really hope he's one of the players that actually, you know, that stays on. Yeah, I mean, me too. There are a few others that you know yeah, cause, make because in the end we can talk about all the attitude yeah. and effort in the world. If you've got his yeah. quality, uh, you're yeah. going to be head yeah. and shoulders above quality most opposition players. and experience, players. And, and you know the nous to, to to hold the ball and, and win penalty kicks as we've seen. In the, he's, mm -hmm. You see, the, he saw defenders coming in the Premiership. We'll see them coming big style in the yeah. Championship, and yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, leadership qualities. And you touched on it, you and certainly with the young lads. Well, it's it's crisis for some. It's opportunity. Opportunity is the mm -hmm. word for others. Certainly for the young lads. This is a, 
Had United been in the Premiership, it could be in our season of wait for your chance, wait for your chance. They're going to get thrown in next mm-hmm. season. And it's up to them to grasp that opportunity with both hands and then, you know, do well and make themselves undroppable so that if the team goes back up and hopefully they do, they are looking at as they are in, in that starting living for, for the Premiership. If not with Dundee United, with somebody else doing something in their career, you know, that they can, they can really give them a lift off as a real platform for them. So I'd be excited. If I was a youngster at Tardice now, as the, the guys you've touched on, there's, and there's a few more as well, yep. you know, I'd be excited. I'd be thinking, this is going to be my chance this season. I'm going to really, you know, take it with both hands. Somebody like Logan Chalmers, for instance, yep. has been, I, I mean, he, he was sent out and loan a few times last season, went to Air United, went to Tranmere, didn't quite stake his claim in the side, but I've noticed quite a number of Dundee United fans just reading comments online seem to be almost assuming that he will be back in the fold yeah. and he will be, because I think in the Championship he looked like a player, I think Air United fans would bite your hand off yeah. to take him back. Um, so he's obviously got quality, did well at Inverness when he went on loan as well. Yeah. So I think he could be somebody that could actually benefit from the side being in the championship as yeah. opposed to I being think, in the I think the, the time has come for Logan to step up. I think he's really... I mean, there are a few other guys we've spoken about, Meekinson, still got a couple of years maybe on yeah. their side. He but I think putting I think, pressure on young players, yeah. eh? Well, I think Logan... No, but I think Logan is, is, is getting no, beyond that stage time. now. It's time. It's now time for yeah, him. To, play, either, either at United or he's got to move somewhere yeah. else. Some play, you yeah. need a number of first-team yeah. games where you can actually add in terms of where you should yeah. be a couple of years uh-huh. to your age, even if you're still 20, 21. You know, yeah. Because you've played a lot... Of, uh-huh. Or been involved in the first team for long enough that now's the time to make your mark and mm-hmm. he's maybe one. It's now or never, you're right. Spot on with that. Anyway, in other news, Ryan Edwards has opened up, according to your notes. Yeah, I never about, put I never put broken his, his silence. He's he's he denied that the players threw Jack Ross under the bus. Was that just because there was only a taxi <laughs> passing at the time or, or did the back Jack Ross? <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. a bit bitchy. Eh? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, obviously, I, I spoke to Ryan um, earlier this week, and um, I spoke to him for forty-five minutes, um, and he opened up in quite a, a whole number. half. That's yeah, a week's yeah. Work for you. Yeah, it's horrible transcribing forty-five minutes of notes, <laughs> or, or putting together forty-five minutes of notes. But there you go. You're almost wanting to cut it. Say, right, Ryan, I've got enough now. I need to go. Uh, but yeah, um, I mean, he opened, that's when you retire. That's what I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he opened up in a whole number of issues. There were obviously a number of issues, and I think. Ryan had quite a, and I described it as a roller coaster of emotions that he had during his three years at Dunnighton, and I think he did, because I mean he went from coming in, um, staking his claim and becoming a regular inside in the first season to the second season really kicking on and, and really becoming a cult hero with the supporters. I mean mm-hmm. the supporters were singing about him, they, they had banners about him. Spectacular also, goal at heart. Yeah, hips. Oh yeah, I'd hips as well. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, you did. You scored, you're right. They scored for him about four. You started with yeah. H and was no. in Edinburgh. No, yeah, no, what, I'm thinking of the low one at Tynecastle. Yeah, what that he kicked it from Leaf and it went in the net at Tynecastle. Yeah, yeah that, no, no, he did. You're right. Also, he did score at Easter Road as well. So, um, but yeah, I mean, he, at that point, I mean, he his stock was really high. I mean, there was all sorts of talking. He pointed this out on the phone. At one point, um, his partnership with Charlie McGrew was talked about as being one of the best defensive partnerships in the country. Because it was. Yeah. <laughs> so he went from that to, to last season, like every other Dundee player, he didn't have a good season last season. He'd right. It's amazing himself. how things can go wrong. Yeah, eh? yeah. But he went to the stage where he was then singled out a little bit for criticism. Um, so he was getting personal criticism through social media. Um, and he was also talking about being dropped by Jim Goodman at the end as well. So he was dropped twice 
well, effectively twice by John mm. Goodwin. He was dropped first of all after making mistakes against Aberdeen, and he held his hands up and said, "Look, I made mistakes. I accept that." You know, it's quite a big statement to drop your captain, but he did drop him. He, he then got a chance back in the side against the uh, Rangers in St Mirren. I was at the St Mirren game and I thought he performed quite well that day, and I was I was impressed. But he then found himself effectively dropped out the side again for the remainder of the season. I mean, he only he played a sum total of less than 90 minutes in the last eight, eight, eight games, sorry. Um, so he didn't agree with that decision. So, um, but the throwing under the bus thing, um, that was another accusation that was levelled, not directly no, towards Ryan Edwards. It was the but senior it was, players, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was towards the senior players. And he was quite clear in his mind that he didn't think that was the case. That He, he said that he held a number of meetings with senior players after the manager lost the job said that we've cost this manager his job we cannot afford that to happen to another manager but unfortunately as we saw last season Dunny United did go through a few managers last season or head coaches on a sort of more upbeat note and you you spoke to him so you'll know if this was genuine I mean he called on United to do what I've called on them to do and mm? go and romp the league the next year well, I think it's genuine. I think, That's good. And, I th and I think at the end of the day, I think uh, Ryan really does care a lot about uh, Dundee. I mean, he, he, he stayed, he stayed in the city for three years. Um, he moved up. He moved up here. Um, he cares a lot about. Me. He's a bit as a person. I got to know him quite well at Dundee United, and he's a very, very passionate person about um, giving a hundred percent to everything he does. He cares about everybody at the club. I mean, the, I, I had to leave out a number of quotes, obviously, from a 45-minute interview, but, I mean, he spoke in depth about some of the people... The books behind the, in August. Yeah, yeah. Behind the scenes, I mean, he, he's, he even mentioned Jenny the Cleaner um, um, as being the first person he met at Dundee United and about how he got great respect for the job that she did at Dundee United. He had great respect for everybody at the club. These are the kind of things that people from the outside don't see. They don't see mm. that he's somebody that as soon as a new person comes to the club, he welcomes them into the club, regardless of whether they're working in the shop or whether they're working as, as a new teammate. He did welcome the fold. They took all his captain duties in terms of off the pitch very, very seriously. Um, but it didn't work out from last season on the pitch. And he would probably hold his hands up and say that it didn't work out from last season. And he also said that he got a feeling quite quickly after Jim Goodwin arrived that he probably wouldn't be a Jim Goodwin signing next season. He wouldn't be a player there in the next season. Sorry, I'm giggling away at myself. You're Jenny the Cleaner. Sounds like some sort of mafia <laughs> nickname, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, oh, we need Jenny the Cleaner to sort this one. <laughs> That's quite telling when you're saying when Jim Goodwin arrived, you got a feeling that he wasn't quite the type of Jim Goodwin type player. I mean, I'm I surprised. I would have thought he was exactly yeah, a Jim Goodwin yeah. type because he was so wholehearted and mm -hmm. you know he, he was one that for all his mistakes... He would put his head in where it hurts. I think maybe, maybe, maybe I've worded that slightly wrong. Maybe he realised a couple of games in that it wasn't going to be part of yeah. the plans. Yeah. And I suppose when you're first dropped, you initially yeah. accept that, you know. But I mean, it did make the point that he continued to be upbeat behind the scenes. He didn't want to sulk behind the scenes because he didn't think that was beneficial to the, the squad. So um, I wish him well. I believe he's going to sign for a club in England, um, and that's probably going to be announced in the next few days. Um, and He's from that area. I know he's got a, a very young family um, and possibly settling mm. back down in, in the area uh, where he is, I think would probably make a lot of sense, you know. So, it's so. quite hard to settle down in an area where you're not. 
Well, sorry, an area where he's used to. I mean, he, I mean, he's, he's a, I think he grew up in a Liverpool area. He's a big Liverpool supporter. Uh, I'm not suggesting. Why they're releasing them then? I say. <laughs> yeah. I'm not suggesting he's signing for Liverpool, but I, I would, I would, I would suspect that um, any club that he signs for is probably going to be. Yeah within a commutable distance of where he's from originally. I feel I feel a wee bit for him because I think he's been the the fall guy. I think there was others making as many mistakes as, yeah. as Ryan Edwards, you know, in that team. Even, you know, even the bringing Loic Aina on loan who looked at a real, real prospect and I thought he showed some fantastic things. And Alan Temple is a huge fan, but every game or two he would make a big error he that did. cost them. That's, and, true. And That's that, maybe why to, in the end it's not whether he's no. Jim Goodwin's type his mistakes were yeah, but it was it was like it was just the whole the malaise had set in right mm -hmm. from the goalkeeper yeah. right around the defence and, and you know the, the lack of a real defensive midfielder as well I think cost them not having a Callum Butcher or a John Fuchs type character in there so yeah I feel for Ryan Edwards I think he's, he's probably taking the biggest hit anyway moving swiftly on because Ewan wants to sing Flower of Scotland before <laughs> we're finished <laughs> one word answers Craig Hinchliffe leaves his post as goalkeeping coach he's got a job at St Johnson. Mm -hmm. Goodbye it? and good luck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I read the comments. How's gone. that a one-word answer? Right. Okay. Goodbye and good luck. Well done. <laughs> yes or no? And maybe the bigger news, and I know this because I know the facility well. They've signed up for another three years at St Andrews fabulous. University. One-word answer. Fabulous. One of the one of the best. Right. We'll move, we'll move on to our special section three just for you. In. Yeah. yeah, is that the end of it? Is Arbroath? Are we talking about Arbroath? Oh, no, I know you've mentioned them twice. You oh, managed to go a okay. whole hour without mentioning them. You've mentioned them twice in two seconds. Yeah, I should actually go on, on one of these sponsored, not a sponsored silence, but I should actually go around the <laughs> well, office be, and be get sponsored money to not mention Arbroath in a podcast. So you can <laughs> speak again. Okay. Scotland. Actually, what I paid my 15 quid for that yeah. strangely named Scandinavian company that UEFA sold the rights <laughs> to. Why? That's my one gripe about it. You, UEFA need to watch this. Make it accessible to the public because it was a great... It was worth my 15 yeah. quid, I but I didn't pay it on Saturday. I, I noticed that uh, Wales seem to get their national team on their channel, yeah. the Welsh channel, uh -huh. as well as uh -huh. via play, so uh -huh. I don't know what's going on. Maybe mm -hmm. there's some sort of deal that Scotland have cut about. But it was an amazing. It was an amazing night with the weather, the the squeegees, the brushes that were. So I heard somebody saying. I heard somebody saying the weegees were the squeegees. Weegees were the squeegees. Yeah, I've seen that. It's good that. It's good that. But yeah. you were you were there and you were singing in the rain and quite rightly so. Yeah, it was yeah. a rainy night for Georgia. Yeah, we were. It was quite entertaining actually. The the PA, from the PA, uh, the 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 DJ was was spot on. Oh, um, forget the DJ. No, how, the good, how good were the team? Listen, let's <laughs> talk about the weather first. The DJ's playing. Let's talk about the. <laughs> DJ's playing that Travis classic Why Does It Always Rain and yes, yeah, that's, that's, that's absolutely fantastic good. that's great humour and also the other point that you probably didn't pick up on the TV when the ball boys were all given and ball boys and ball girls were all given the brushes to sweep the, the water off the pitch there was a, there was three of them lined up just in front of, of us in the north stand and every time they swept something off the pitch they were getting weighed until they got <laughs> to the end of it in large cheers and they were taking applause from the crowd so there was a bit of banter and humour however the referee's final of his 10 pitch inspections Oh when he kicked God. the ball in the net from 20 yeah. yards he must have thought I've dreamed of this the whole stadium yeah. were up to the well, well they did, the they did the that's whole, right it was, it was, that's it was right. a big cheer for the two goals it was yeah. great 
every time the ball, every time he kicked it or he bounced the ball and it bounced properly, he was getting a large cheer as well. Um, the game actually restarted at the time it was supposed to finish as well. So it restarted just after half past nine. Um, I didn't get home until quarter past two in the morning because of traffic and because of waiting. But but it was well Neither worth it. Bam, he was watching it on the TV yeah, in the Perth yeah, Road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was feeling for all the guys with newspaper deadlines that night. Oh, so was I. I. Oh. It did cross oh. my mind while yeah. I was watching the game. I was thinking, there would have been tears in the press box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and back back in the desk as well. They yeah. were going crazy because they couldn't get the papers to go out. But but do you know what? It's worth every single minute. And I actually turned around to Jackson and I said, Jackson, do you know this game? You'll go to a lot of Scotland games. He's already been to a lot of Scotland. Probably he'll go to hundreds of Scotland games in his life. And this will be one that you will always remember. You'll go to other games where you'll just forget, oh, I can't remember going mm -hmm. to that game. You'll always remember this. So it's, it was well worth it. Not least because... What a right good, I'm not saying we're world beaters. I'm not saying we're going to beat Spain in Spain or, or France or stuff like that. But we're suddenly mm -hmm. a right good mm -hmm. team. The quality of some of the football... And by the way, if Georgia had a centre-forward, I would be very, very worried if I was playing them. Mm -hmm. uh, if I was any international manager, because technically they were, they were a decent side. But both in Norway on Saturday... When they didn't play well, but they always they have that air about yeah. that good teams have. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I sensed that when when the equaliser went in against Norway, Scotland's first thought was, "Have we got enough time to win this game?" Mm -hmm. And they just had that air yeah. about it all, uh, uh, as well. Uh, the other night against Georgia, where they're a winning team, and when they, they pass the ball, they're a good good team to watch. I think you feel. I think you feel the fans feel that you're going. Yeah. To, they're going to win games. They're going to mm -hmm. beat Georgia. Uh, Hamden Park is a great place to be. And my admiration for Steve Clark just grows and grows. Yeah. I mean, he, he always. Oh, he's got. He's got grumpy, cheerful. Yeah. Like hasn't he? Yeah. But he, oh, I mean, he always was. He was. He always been a fantastic tactician. You know, and a very very shrewd manager. But his biggest asset, I think, is he gets the very best of every player that, that comes and plays for him. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're well drilled on what they have to do, but he seems to be able to raise boys to another level. I mean, I think of boys that don't actually play anymore, the guys like uh, Andy Considine who come in, ah, yeah. did a fantastic yeah, job. A fantastic the guy, job. Stephen O'Donnell, who played a few games yep. at, at right back, did a fantastic Never gets let down by any of these players. It's, but, it's a reciprocal yeah. thing. He believes in these players. And I'll, a player I love and I would like to see as a regular starter, but John Suter's hardly kicked the no. ball. Yeah. Georgia, in fairness to them, from 2-0, I was worried, even mm -hmm. with 10 minutes to go, yeah. I thought, if they get a goal, yeah. this is this is really squeaky bumping. He puts John Suter, who's hardly kicked the ball yeah. all season on, and John Suter went on and... I, he, strolled for it. Strolled, strolled through it, it. Yeah. Because the, partly because yeah. the manager believes yeah. in him. But I, think, I think now as well, I mean, if you look at a good team on the park, um, you look at the bench, the bench is incredibly strong. You could have played, I think there was 12 subs listed, you could have played 11 of them and they probably could have gone on and beat Georgia as well because of the belief now that is within that squad that he's managed to instill in them. It's no surprise they're doing better. They've got so many players now playing in the top flight of English football. Uh, you know, good players keep the ball, don't give it away. They can't afford to give it away in English football because your team gets punished, so they keep that. And they've, they've got another nucleus of boys who are taking great belief in them and they're playing in a fantastic manner that's winning games. And yeah, it's all good, good, good. And you're going to the games, you and it must mm. be fantastic. It's amazing. It's amazing. There's two things I'd like to say about the current group. I've watched Scotland for a long time and gone regularly mm -hmm. to games. 
is the one thing is the bond between the players mm. and the supporters is stronger than I can ever remember as a Scotland oh, fan. I know, I know. I mean, I, I, I was summed up um, a couple of times in, in the last two games. One was in the Georgia game when we had all the, the farce and the restart and everything, and Andy Robertson led all the players to go over and applaud the fans, almost to thank the fans for staying and waiting for this game to kick off. Um, I also saw Andy Robertson when he was doing his interview after the, the Norway game and the fans were singing, Andy, give us a wave. And he said, I'm really sorry, stop the interview and wave to the supporters. <laughs> Um, they also want to play for the side and they, and yeah. they enjoy the humour. I mean, well, how many how many years did you get call offs and yeah. you know, mm -hmm. the last minutes? Guys just didn't want to come and play international football. Never they bite your hand off to be in that squad. Eh? Yeah, and they look like they're having fun. I yeah. mean, I mean, you look. I've, I don't know if you've seen the social media clip of Andy Robertson when he walks off the park after the game, uh, the SFA out, which I thought was hilarious. He walks off the park, looks at the camera, and he says bedtime, and then just walks off. And then, <laughs> and then John was hosting a golf day yeah. the next morning. Yeah. John McGinn posted on Twitter when he got home and said, "I'm on the night shift." <laughs> I mean, it's it's that Scottish humour that everybody can relate to. It's relatable but they care passionately about playing for their, their squad and it's just a fantastic place to be in. You get, you get the feeling that, I mean, Steve Clark, hopefully they will go in there and qualify, you know, for Germany. Um, but you get a real belief in that Steve Clark can finally be the Scottish manager that gets them through the first, the the group, first stage, group stage yeah. of, of a, one of these European or World Cup, you know, championships. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys, we'll need to stop there because this, this this podcast, Summer, you're not meant to have any, anything to speak about. This podcast's gone on longer than the Georgia game did. It's, it's getting dark outside, guys. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tannadice or go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs>